Hello and welcome back. It has been a while. We're here on the corner of Gray Street Podcast for our finale, 2021 finale episode. Bruce, it's been too long. Are you ready to do this? Oh, yes. It has been far too long. So much has been going on. We apologize to everybody. We, we've been reached out to by a lot of you. So thank you for reaching out and checking in on us and telling us that you can't wait for us to return. Well, we have returned. Um, and yeah, Nolan, this is going to be fun. We're going to take a look back at 2021. Lots to talk about because there were so many shows and we still have to go back about a month or so of the tour and recap some of those shows as well but nolan why don't we just do a holistic recap of 2021 first let's give our biggest takeaways some of our opinions uh some of the best some of the worst and then we'll go back into uh the ending of the 2021 mega tour yes bruce we have i mean just so much to talk about there was so much that happened in 2021 um but we're really gonna start with the tour and uh having live music back and you know let's let's get this started with things that we loved and i think for both of us we agree the thing we love the most about 2021 in dmb is just seeing live music again and seeing our favorite band together with each other at those first shows i mean that was incredible and that moment when dmb first took the stage in raleigh it was just an all-time, all-time moment that we got to share together. It really was. I mean, the <laughs> you could just taste the anticipation in the air. It was palpable. You could feel it. It was amazing. I mean, just the lead-up to that show in and of itself was incredible. The lots were incredible. Hanging out with the Landsman family. Shout out to them. Yes. Um, <laughs> the entire experience. We were up way close. Um, our wives were back doing whatever. Um, but... It was pretty incredible when Dave took the stage and the band followed. Um, just wow. And, you know, just the anticipation right before. What are they going to play? What are they going to play? And then they open with 41. And just hearing music again right there in front of you was, uh, wow. That was incredible. It was so good. I mean, chills when I think about it, when I watch the video over again. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, also meeting Dave that same day. I'd say that was a pretty good. Pretty good day in the DMB history books. Uh, but man, <sighs> hey, one day, one day, we'll both meet him together and I will take your picture with Dave. <laughs> there we How go. How does that sound? All right. Maybe the next thing, I have a, a newfound appreciation for a few things DMB related. Really all things DMB related, just about. Um, and just that we went so long without seeing them play live again. But I have a, I have a newfound love for Gray Street and Seek Up, Bruce. I, uh, to me, these were the two MVPs of the summer. Uh, Dave bringing back the third verse of Gray Street. Another all-time moment. We were there for the first one with the full band in Raleigh. And the crowd went absolutely bananas. And it just improves the song so much. Like, it became a song, you're like, oh, we're probably going to hear Gray Street tonight, too. Yo. Like, everyone could not wait to hear Gray Street with the third verse. And that was just, I mean, beyond epic. Such a cool thing that they did. 
really was. And just being there for that first time, uh, just such a crowd pop. Um, and with it being in the third slot at the first show, uh, just kind of cool. Third slot, third verse, love that. Um, but yeah, just it really does make the song. Um, and I, I would agree with you, especially on Seek Up. Uh, that might be my song of the summer. Uh, they crushed it. And I think we were talking about last year how we, eh, we had kind of mellowed on it just because uh, some certain things just didn't seem right uh, from the intro to some of the outro too. But this year they really yep. seem to just nail it um, on the front end and back end of the song. And um, it opened a ton, it seemed. Um, I think we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, at the same time, it was welcome every single time that it popped up. Absolutely. I feel like the way, the fervor and the verve that they played the intro to Seek Up All Summer was a band oh, that yes. th- that had not played together in like a year and a half or whatever it was like you could just tell they were like yes we're doing it and uh <laughs> yeah man seek up was an absolute monster this year and it's cool because every member of the band does great stuff in it like they it highlights every member and i think that's i don't know one of the cool things that dmb does when they play songs that you're like every single person is contributing in a big big way Oh, 100%. It's kind of, it's what their, uh, it's like the basis for their popularity um, was being able to bring every member in um, and showcase them all, sometimes in very short songs, um, you know, in shorter songs. Seek Up is very long and drawn out. But even a song like Gray Street um, that we were talking about highlights everyone. And I think a couple other songs that we're going to talk about here uh, do the same thing. Um, Nolan, Grace is Gone seem to have a resurgence over the past few tours but again just sounding so good um buddy piano uh just beautiful sweet up and down we saw that one um i think it was the first time i know for me maybe for both of us to see that one um and then um i mean there were several songs that we could list here but another one that stood out uh was you never know and i think we'll talk a little bit more about that one in particular later on but i thought that you know at those three songs getting seemingly more play than normal uh, was just so mm-hmm. welcome this year. Yeah, absolutely. And there, I mean, Grace Grace has fairly regular play, um, except at shows that I go to. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but to see Sweet Up and Down and You Never Know, I mean, those are such rarities, especially Sweet Up and Down only being played in the 40s now at this point. Um <laughs> that's crazy and uh to see that in our second show of the summer was awesome and uh just an absolute treat to see those and i'm glad they were playing it a lot that's a song you hope it just stays in regular rotation always wish it made it onto an album that lily white sessions version is amazing but uh i mean they nailed it this summer for sure you never know just you never know it's just a masterpiece and should be played that could be played at every show for sure. Um, I know. It's, it's hard to believe that Sweet Up and Down and You Never Know were played the same amount of times this year. Um, I would have definitely guessed that You Never Know was played more. Mm. That's Man, that's interesting. There's only one place you can go for that kind of info. Nine times. Wow. Good thing Funny the Way It Is was played double that, though. We'll get into that shortly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh Another cool moment 
that I wish had been, I wish had stuck around a little bit more, but uh, hello again. Uh, oh! For me, seeing it in that first show back in Raleigh was my first time seeing it since your first show mm. in 2005 in Raleigh. Um, so that was a welcome return and fitting. And I thought it would have gotten more play over the course of the summer, but it, yeah, it disappeared. That? Disappeared pretty quickly, but definitely a highlight for me. Yeah, they only played it three times. Doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, it was great getting at the first show back. We kind of thought um, that it, some people were saying, oh, it's definitely going to open. I thought it was too on the nose. I think we both kind of thought that um, mm-hmm. for them to do that. Uh, but they played it, so it was perfect. They played it again, I think, at West Palm. Um, and then didn't play it again until freaking October. I mean, almost three months of a gap. Um, and we'll get into this show a little later. But, of course, they brought it back Rogers, Arkansas, um, randomly. But, yeah, that was super odd. Um, it was great for us. I mean, we got to see it, so that was fantastic. But, yeah, kind of odd that it basically died after that. Yeah, that was definitely a head-scratcher. Um, that's all right. Uh, at least we got to see it. Um, next up, more things that we loved. Well, One, Nolan, before before you oh, get into this, would it. this be if 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 we didn't say that you know DMB took the stage for the first time after a pandemic and we were there for Raleigh and all that stuff? Would this next thing be your just number one kind of top story or top thing of the year? Oh, I think it. I think it was definitely. I think it was the top story of the year regardless yeah this was uh, such a unique situation um, but no I mean it had to have been for sure like one of our all time DMB highlights just going to the gorge I mean we finally oh, yeah, were sure. able yeah. to do it that hands down just the coolest venue anyone will ever go to I mean nothing can top it nothing there's no way. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that we loved at the Gorge, we did not love our favorite drummer and bassist getting COVID. Uh, obviously, that was not great. But we did love Buddy Strong absolutely stepping up so the whole band could perform. And that guy going from keys to drums, I mean, what an absolute stud. Love Buddy. Yeah. yeah. I think when Dave asked Buddy to go play drums... We thought it was funny, and then all of a sudden he slayed on drums. Um, I think that that transition and him stepping in and doing that, um, if you didn't have DMB taking the stage in that moment, that may have been the biggest and best moment of the year. Um, and, you know, if you take out song performances, maybe the best performance. I mean, you know, MVP of the weekend for sure. Um, and oh, yeah. just that, that in and of itself almost makes you MVP of the year. You know, it would be, you know, like when Aaron Rodgers is just going to make an incredible playoff run later this year. Um, and, you know, he's had a fantastic year. So let's let's not, you know, forget that part. But, um, yeah, we'll do that. Um, it's us knocking on wood. <laughs> but, I mean, terrible analogy aside, it was it was incredible. And it, sure, it was three shows that he did it. Not, well, he did it in another show after that. But... You know, it was just a run that is is pretty crazy and something that no one expected um, and was just absurd. And to piggyback off of your Gorge point, I mean, we belabored that, I think, enough on the Gorge episode. 
but yeah it was an incredible experience that we definitely have to do again um, just because of the situation that wound up occurring it's like okay I mean we definitely have to go when the full band's playing we won't be going this next year um, we'll talk about why later I think that it could be a not really our year to go because of maybe it's something the band may release um, <laughs> and you may not want to go all the way across country uh, for us to see a potential album tour but um, yeah. we'll have to go back to the gorge um, just and if anyone has not gone you got to go because this is going to be your top thing um, of your DMB life or just you know it would be in your list of things you love yeah it's a it's a bucket list DMB fan item got to do it and we got to do it again so we can see the full band um, oh please god you know I'll be this was one uh, especially for me being the uh, the huge Beatles fan in, mm. in the podcast uh the Beatles covers at the Gorge were such a nice treat. There were a ton of covers played at the Gorge, but these two were insane, and they nailed them. Uh, come together and Hey Bulldog. Oh man, uh, the come together was just phenomenal. And uh, so out of left field. I know. It took me like heard that bass line come in. I was like, no way. Yeah, we what? stared at each other. Yeah, that was it. Was awesome. Uh, so kudos to the band for that one. I'd love to know who suggested they play Come Together. And I'm going to guess it was Tim. Oh, it had to be. Just watch. If you haven't seen it, just watch the uh, YouTube video of it and just look at Tim. Tim uh, Tim MVP for Faces, I think, of the year. Um, go, go back and look at some of the YouTube videos out there of the band this year. And up close on Tim doing some funny dances, especially at the Gorge. Kind of made me wish we were up a little closer than on the lawn. Um, because when I've seen some of the videos, I'm like, oh, look at Tim. It's hilarious. So good. Uh, and while we're talking about covers, I'm going to throw in one more thing that the band randomly did. Oh. Uh, that I caught while I was listening live, and then I forgot about it, and we forgot to mention it in whatever episode we did following these shows. But DMV uh, playing the Ghostbusters theme song, the interpolation at the end of Gray Street in Mansfield was mm -hmm. so awesome. And like, just out of nowhere, uh, that was sweet. doing that or not i don't think so okay we could be I'm wrong sure I, I, yeah, I have no i idea, don't think they did so that was uh that was pretty cool um but bruce there were a few things we didn't love but we're not gonna we're not gonna harp on this because this is a positive podcast and uh but why don't you jump in because i know this first one was probably your favorite thing that you didn't love uh yeah dave telling us that our favorite this is going to be your favorite this song's your favorite and being can't stop 
That's disgusting. That's gross, Dave. I don't care how much you want to troll and tell us and you think it's funny. No one thinks it's funny. Okay, it's not funny. Um, stop. And I know that you can't stop, but please, God, stop. The song is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but whatever. We're going to keep it light and we're going to keep it positive. So, um, yeah. that I, I didn't really like that that was played a ton. Um, and there are some other songs that were played way too much that don't need to be... Um, you know, I think Bayou and Jimmy thing are also in that, but, um, you know, can't stop is so much worse than those other two songs that it's just, it's not even worth talking about, but we have a couple other on this list. Um, and Nolan's already said one of them, <laughs> two of the guys in the band having COVID at the gorge, that was definitely things we didn't love at all. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was a, there was another one at, uh, at a show that we attended Nolan. Yeah, and it makes me sad because, well, there were six big whiskey songs played in Charlotte, and uh, that was so weird, so random for the Mm -hmm. second show of the tour, coming off of three weeks of band rehearsal and practice in Charlottesville, and they bust out six big whiskey songs. That was very odd, very odd, and I think such mixed feelings towards that album in the first place because I think it's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, I don't dislike it, but I think they just ran those songs into the ground in the live setting and it was just weird vibes in Charlotte. So coming off of Raleigh and the high of Raleigh and the return to the stage with that was was a bit of a letdown uh, despite seeing Sweet Up and Down and You Never Know in the same show. I know. It, 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 it was And Seek so Up weird. Opener. Yeah, it was an incredible seek up. Um, it was so weird. I mean, looking back at it again, you had Squirm, which I've been begging for it to segue into something. It just screams a segue, and it, they yeah. did it, and they segued into funny, and then they played mm. an eleven minute line in the hands of God. Boom, boom, boom. It was like, and this was after a "Where Are You Going?" So it's really kind of like, hmm, this is interesting. They continued to do that American Baby intro at the end of "Line in the Hands of God," which is kind of like, all right, y'all kind of done that enough we got it um and then if only which is a fine song but sleepy uh seven who knew okay we've seen that a million times who cares and then you had rooftop and then you end the whole show with shake me i mean it was just it was it was big whiskey tour it was weird and the show really isn't that bad um it's actually a, you know other than though a lot of that and even some of the big whiskey stuff it's a solid show but that was just we were not pumped about that. Yeah, going to jump in here really quickly. Uh, if do. only it was a liberation. So that was interesting that that was one of the liberations they wanted to bust out in the first weekend. And um, also Rooftop isn't away from the world. Did I say that it was so, Big Whiskey? Sorry. Yeah. It, it seems like it could Sounds be like Big it. Whiskey. Yes. It does. Um, so yeah, that was odd. And uh Maybe our expectations were a little too high that night, but that's all right. Um, along with that, kind of goes hand in hand. You know, we didn't love some of the decisions made at the Gorge. Um, hmm. Still had a great time. Obviously, you guys listened to our whole spiel about the Gorge and that epic um, episode, or I don't even remember what all we did. We did one for each mega or something, mega episode and video check-ins and everything, and kind of that third night was uh, was great until maybe it wasn't too many covers. Um, 
so that was that was just a little odd um most of the things we didn't love were just like odd decisions that were made um including just a lack of variety with openers and closers they kind of picked the a handful, a very small handful of openers and closers and just kind of went with that and alternated um, to the point where we were pretty much nailing it every time or coming close. There was a rotation, a set A, a set B, and maybe a set C um, in our set list predictions. Yeah, set Cs are where it's at. Um, but the it what seemed weird to me was... I thought that Seek Up and One Sweet World opened literally like every show. Um, it seemed like they just alternated back and forth and back and forth. And neither of them got to 10 uh, shows opened, which I thought is great. I thought that they, you know, I thought it would be 10 to 15 shows for each, but neither of them did. Seek Up was the leader um, at eight. I thought the same. Yeah. And then, you know, when we did that 2006 Seville episode, we talked about, um, I think, One Sweet World and um, Pantala Rapunzel being the most played openers. And it was like 14 times, um, something crazy like that. But yeah, it did seem like they opened every other show. And then, you know, the closers as far as like Gray Street Nance or something like that. And um, I think in the encore, uh, there were some other very predictable situations. But, you know... (sighs) We can always go back on lack of variety. It just is something I think that we'll talk about every single tour. So hopefully they mm-hmm. continue to tour so we can complain about that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and something else that we will forever complain about was the, what they did at MSG. And it's an abomination. They did it um, in 2019, <laughs> and they also did it in the state of New York. I don't know what's going on up there, um, but they brought it back both times in the state of New York. And they just, I mean, they hurt my boy. Like, they... They cut its knee, cut them at the knees, and it's bleeding out, and it needs to be saved. Nolan, what in the world am I talking about? Bruce, you are talking about Half Stop, the artist <laughs> formerly known as Last Stop. <laughs> Just an under three minute, four minute Last Stop. Uh, oh, it's just not. It's just not the song. It's just not it. Uh, why? I don't know. I don't get it. I, unless they're just trying to save time. I They can always fall back on the Carter excuse. But like, I don't know. He goes ham on plenty of songs. So I don't, I don't get that. Um, I don't get why they've done it to two-step. It, it does not make much sense to me. Uh, they even busted uh-huh. that out without Jeff, which... COVID um, got Jeff for MSG as well. He was out, so banned the oh, sax Oh, yeah, we guy. should have said, yeah, exactly. Like, another COVID, just co- banned COVID issues. That sucked. Yeah, but we're not going to blame Half Stop on COVID. Absolutely no. not. I'm not going to let him off that easy. No way. No. Ben the sax guy, if he could if he could play that half of Last Stop, then he could have played the full thing. Like, let's... I mean, yeah, that had nothing to do with it. They they did yeah. the same thing to it when we saw it um, in 2019. Oh, I guess you didn't see it. You weren't in um, West Palm that year, but it was no, the year Dave that they did that. Dave would never do that to me. Dave would never yeah. do that to me. And he hasn't. And when he does, you will cry. Um, it was literally shorter than Christmas Song, Nolan. Like, Ew. Yeah. 
I mean, how does that make you feel? It was also shorter than Sledgehammer. Um, That's not right. It was almost the same length as you. It it was shorter than you and me. Mm, That's gross. That is just gross. I know that actually. I I need to change after that. I mean, I I need to go shower after finding that Mm. out. You and me is longer than. Oh, that's a we- full <laughs> bottle, bottle of bourbon that's calling my name right now that I need. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll let the things we didn't love off the hook. I mean, overall, Nolan, I think that we could say that we loved a lot more about this tour than we didn't. Um, and we'll get into that oh, here. Yeah. We're going to go into some stats here in a moment. But, I mean, you know, yeah. we had songs like Pig and Stone that were played, you know, a pretty decent amount. I think that yeah. we really, really love to see. Um, I mean, Pig had double-digit plays. I don't know what Stone had. I believe it was it was uh, knocking on the door of double-digit plays. It was, I think, at seven. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty solid. I think that if you get um, Pig and Stone up there in that 10-ish plays per tour, that's, that's the sweet spot right there. That is right where they need to be. Um, just rare enough to where you lose your shit when it when they get played, um, but just enough to where it's like, okay, y'all, why did you not play that all tour? Um, yes. Yeah, and I actually, you know, I was listening to XM the other day, and Dave has all these sound bites that come in, <laughs> and one was uh, from an interview, I guess, probably one with Ari, because uh, he's the man, um, but Dave was saying, you know, like I feel so much pressure uh, going week from week to week to not repeat songs. And uh, I just thought it was interesting for him to say, like, I don't know. Some of it doesn't really add up. Like we feel that pressure to not repeat songs back to back shows. But then like you are repeating some of the ones that like we don't actually want to hear when you could be repeating songs like Pig or Stone. That are just all time classic DMB songs. I don't know. I would love to. I would love to talk to Dave about it and like actually like gauge, like get his mindset on on stuff like that. It'd be interesting. Um, oh yeah, really interesting. Whenever yeah, he comes on the pod, we'll we'll just have a nice. Uh, it would be an amazing discussion with Mr. Matthews. I know. I and if 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 we ever got that opportunity, I, I would hope that he would be. Um, transparent and you know forthcoming about it because I, I do believe that it could be interesting you know because you've got the dichotomy between um, Dave and someone like a Trey Anastasio with that same pressure to not repeat and then their different takes on it I think that one takes it as a challenge and wants to do it even if they f up and mm-hmm. don't hit it it's like okay but we tried and we did this um, because they've the uh, fish that they've done full small tours of no repeats. Um, DMB would never do that and they don't need to do that. But the, um, but the differences between here and Dave say that I haven't heard that clip, but just, it just triggers my mind. Just like, huh, that's interesting. One would be like, I want to do this. This is a challenge. I want, this is what people want. So boom, let's do it. But if we're feeling something, I'm going to play it. Dave is yeah. more kind of like, and I think at the same time, the fan bases are a lot different. Um, you know, mm-hmm. DMB does, for better or worse, has a fan base that um, a lot of people latch onto the singles, the radio stuff um, that DMB has yeah. had. So I think that Dave also has the pressure to do that. 
um, as well, whether he likes it or not. So I'd, I'd be curious to know sometimes, you know, maybe a song like Funny the Way It Is. Does Dave truly like it as much as he actually plays it? Or does he play right. it because it was a single and feels right. like he has to? Would love to know. Because some other songs you can tell like, oh, Dave, he doesn't play it because he doesn't like it. Like, I, you know, I think Last Stop has been a... Um, yeah has been a, a, a good example of that in the past at sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean like you know Dave loves Jimmy thing. Like loves it. Yeah. But like does he Forever. feel that way about funny the way it is? Or you and me right. or that girl is you or can't stop. Oh man. He ha- I think he has to love that girl is you. And that's has to. Man, that should have been the things I didn't love. I didn't love that that came back. Um that's but. his McCartney song, dude. That's his McCartney song. That's his uh, I Played Every Instrument song. So, uh, moving on to our stats section. Shout out to the DMB Almanac. We're going to go through the Summer Tour 2021 and bore you with numbers. Um, I think some of these are pretty interesting. So, regardless of how you feel about uh, numbers, um, we're going to go through them. And Nolan, the band played 39 shows. They had 871 song performances and gave us 120 different songs. Now, I feel like the that's a little misleading just because mostly of Gorge um, a little bit. But still, that's that's a lot of different songs. I think it's um, you know one of the top three or four most that they've ever done on a tour. So that's pretty awesome. Wow. Um uh, so that's that's pretty cool. I don't know I don't know the exact stat there, but I think that's good. I mean, you know, when you hit over 110, 115 different songs, um, especially across a less than 40 show tour, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Um, but you know, there were there were a lot of songs that were played a lot of times, and um, we're gonna get into those right now. And then, of course, we're gonna kind of complain about those that were least played. Uh, but Nolan, why don't you hit us with some of the most played songs throughout 2021? Most played songs. Would you have guessed that this first one was the most played song without you before you saw it? I think so because I kind of kept a little bit track track of it uh throughout the year okay yeah this one's kind of an easy one gray street mm-hmm. with 26 plays and uh <clears throat> i feel like most times uh maybe the diehards would kind of roll their eyes at that like of course gray street was pay- played the most times but this year pretty welcome uh with that third verse so that's pretty cool and then, I mean, most of these are fairly old school, Bruce, which is really nice. We have Warehouse, 25 plays, second place right there. Nancy's with 21. So much to say, 21. Too much, 21. And then, unfortunately, can't stop with 21 plays. So, <clears throat> overall, that's, uh, we'll give that a, uh, a 5 out of 6 right there. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. the top 5 there is pretty good. Yeah, love that actually. They uh they really just those were staples, obviously. The numbers don't lie here. You could pretty much guess that any show was gonna have at least one of those songs in it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So on you know, on any set list games, um, if you threw those four you know, four or five songs and they weren't played the show before, you were likely to nail three or four of those five, I bet. Um, it was, 
it was uh, it was like um, you know throwing a dart at a, at a pool of water or something. Um, pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But you know, like I said, top five of those, those are all pretty solid songs. So you can't really complain. The can't stop one is the only one. Why would that ever be played over 20 times in a tour? That's kind of head scratching to me, but, um, cause it's your whatever. favorite song, right? It's your new favorite right. song. That's right. I forgot. Um, some of the least played ones, um, some of these are pretty egregious, um, or just r- really unfortunate. I think, um, captain was one that it popped up. I pr- I'm pretty sure super early in the tour, Nolan, um, mm-hmm. or yes. midway sort of through the tour, whatever, and never came back. I don't really understand why, but it didn't. Um, yeah. that was half- a song that popped up and we thought we, Oh, we're going to get that at the gorge. And then everything just, yeah, fell apart. But that was definitely earlier on. And we were pretty excited that we'd maybe get to see it. It's like randomly at, in Syracuse. Um, mm. just very, very odd. I don't know. Maybe, uh, buddy Bayheim was there and, um, since he's the captain of the orange, uh, maybe he got captain played. I don't know. But, um, half stop was also played only once. Um, I, I mean, if you're going to do half stop, I mean, I still really like the song. So that was most of the song. We just didn't get any jam or whatever you want to call it. The re, uh, reprise, reprise, outro, whatever. Uh, but that was only once Nolan, um, and then, you know, a couple of the ones that we got at Gorge obviously were one timers. Ain't it funny how time slips away? The Willie Nelson cover that was weird, but I mean, the song's fine, but you know, that was odd. The Maker that was awesome. Um, one of the performances so of the year, I thought. Oh, yeah. Um, that was really cool with Tony Hall on the bass. Yeah, love that. Uh, a couple other random ones Water into Wine. Save Me, Oh, Hey Bulldog, Superstition. So we saw a lot of those at the Gorge. Um, so that kind of bumped up that rarity index for us on that. So that that was cool. Um, you know, we probably should have made this list a little longer and see what got two plays and no, no. things that just kind of got uh, left by the wayside a little bit. Just well, number forties on that list of number of one plays, and it opened that random that uh, at Fiddlers. That was yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, probably shout out Jay Yee. Um, he may have gotten that played. So cool, Jay. Um, thanks. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, but uh, you know, that's always unfortunate. I think I've got some of the twos here, Nolan. I'll throw a couple your way. Okay. Um, We've got recently Halloween, rhyme and reason. So recently in rhyme, I mean that makes no sense. Raven, we got that. Sugar will, um, dive in popped up in the fall. So did broken things both at two. Virginia in the rain, we got that. Um, and then you've got a couple of threes here that is just like, huh? And we got one of them, Christmas song here at the gorge <laughs> in September. Uh, JTR was three. Big Eyed Fish was three. Hello again, also three. Um. And then, you know, once you get to four and five, like, you know, that's when you're getting a little bit like, okay, you, that was a couple times. Um, so, like, I'll back you up in typical crash into me only four times. Um, Wild. And then the only thing in Madman's Eyes were also played four times. And we will get into that here in a little bit. But I'll stop mm. before we get to five. Um, so, yeah, some songs on there where it's like, man, wish they were played more like eight, nine, ten times. Uh, but that's just that's, that's what you get with DMB, man. You just never really know. Uh, you yep. never know. And it is uh, 
That is very true, Bruce. Um, but next we're going to jump into songs that opened the most. And one, number one, is our MVP, Seek Up, with eight plays. Eight times opening. We saw one of them. It was epic. Loved it. Number six, another one we mentioned earlier, One Sweet World. Four times opening, Tripping Billies. Three times, number 41. We saw that tour debut. Yes. That was epic. Loved all of that. Um, now, Bruce, what closed the most? Well, I wanted to go to the next one, which is Best of What's Around. We also saw that open, uh, Night to Gorge, and um, I think I called that. So I definitely needed to point that one out. So you're welcome. And top closers, you've got Gray Street closing the most there within the unlucky 13 times. Um, these are these are set closers, by the way, um, for those of you who do not know. And then we have Ants Marching. So those are our two double-digit um, top closers, Gray Street and Ants, both reaching 13 and 11 times, respectively. Um, and then you've got a couple of others that were only once, and two-step is one of those. Womp, womp. Um, and then you've got Superstition, which I think is what we saw close um, one of the nights at Gorge. I believe that was night three, Nolan. Yes. Um, and then we've got the top encores, so roll with it. Songs most played in the encore are Singing from the Windows, number one, with 12 plays. And I, I'm fine with that. I like that. It's a good E1 song. Very appropriate. Great. Ten. Don't drink the water. Okay. They were feeling themselves from Don't Drink the Water in the Encore, and I'm a, I'm about that. Uh, not about the next one. Sister, eight. No. <laughs> no. It would have been better off just having Singing from the Windows just sharpied in every E1 slot this tour. Would have been fine with that. Uh. <laughs> I mean, there were a couple that I, I enjoyed that replaced Windows. Um, no, I know. I don't mind, but I'm I don't saying mind it's not. As much. It is. I know. No, 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 no. I know. No, no. I know. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I'll go back to Don't Drink the Water there for a second. They had some epic Don't Drink preludes this year. Um, and we both love a good Don't Drink the Water prelude. Um, I mean, give me that Central Parks, Folsom Field action um that dmv live 25 has a good don't drink prelude i believe give me all of that love that um i think we got one in charlotte nolan um but those were cool so that was really cool to see that thrown in the encore this year um and played double digit amount of times in the encore so i I was fine with that i was not fine with shake me being in the encore uh but what can you do dave just he i mean for lack of better words he can't stop he cannot it's just funny the way it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about it. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. But I will think about All on the Watchtower, kind of getting back into that encore groove, five plays in the encore. And then I I love this one, YM, in the encore. I'm a big fan of that. I think it's a nice uh, nice way to change things up. Raleigh, we got it. <clears throat> we did get it in Raleigh. Um so and that was after I believe Pentala Rapunzel Windows Pentala Rapunzel YM so it was almost just like a bonus that they played it so that was awesome I know I know I feel like uh, Raleigh show is underrated actually it's just completely sort of forgotten about 
Um, anyways, yeah, we can kind of discuss that later on. Uh, Nolan, I think next we'll talk about our most played album of the year. And Nolan, these top three, this is this is the wheelhouse. This is right where you want things to be, um, especially in a non-album tour. You want these three albums up at the top. Now, you can argue which one you want more of over another, um, how you'd like to see it spread out. But um, Crash was, no, well, sorry, Crash was number two. I just happened to look incorrectly. Yeah. Utad, Under the Table and Dreaming, number one played album of the tour um, with Crash following. And then Nolan, we have a tie for number three, I believe. Yeah, BTCS and then Big Whiskey both had the same number of uh, plays. So, I mean, you got the big three right there. Um, and that's what you want to see out of a DMV tour. I mean, that's kudos to them for that. Um, they really kind of just, they played the staples a lot this summer and, uh, it's a good, yeah, thing. They their, did. Sta- their staples are, are good because they're, you know, they did a good job with that this summer. So I'm trying to say, um, yeah. I wish they would have done a little, you know, spread a couple of the, um, deep cuts, deep tracks only, um, yeah. you know, with, especially on BTCS with, uh, you know, something like Spoon and Dreaming Tree popping up, but alas. I know. I wish that as well. Um, Following Big Whiskey there, unreleased. So there were 16 different cover songs played. Um, And then Busted Stuff coming in right below that. And that's another one where probably would have been, would have been cool to see a a few more songs on Busted Stuff. Yeah, Gray Street carried that, carried that load. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, there were a few songs that we kind of thought were going to get played based on some of Dave's solo performances and his live by request stuff, oh. and mainly mainly thinking of Pay For What You Get and Cry Freedom. I think mm. to me, those were big upsets. I would have put money on those being played at some point uh, this summer, but wasn't the case. Yeah, it was not. It was not. Um, but we did get some cool liberations throughout the tour, Nolan. Um, we actually saw several of these, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I wish um, one of them we had been there for, but we were actually there for the last performance prior to the liberation. So, um, But we'll kick it off. Uh, Rye Whiskey was a liberation, and we saw that out at the Gorge randomly. Um, so yes. that was pretty cool. We also saw the liberation of Sweet, um, so that was Sweet, and Sweet was awesome this year, actually. Um, had a nice little jam in there, um, and then we also saw the liberation of If Only uh, in Charlotte, which, I mean, that was fine. It's cool, I guess, but you know, I don't know if anybody really missed If Only in the time that it was not being played. But, I mean, cool to see a liberation, cool to mix it up. Um, it just happened to be thrown in with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of big whiskey songs that we were just kind of like, what? So the it was the big whiskey in, the, in a little bit of a Way From The World show there in Charlotte. But, Nolan, there were a couple other liberations that were cool. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll touch on these here in a little bit. A little, we'll touch on these more in a little bit, but Broken Things and Dive In. And, uh, you know, Broken Things was a song that we saw the previous last performance of. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool, um, pretty random, and pretty late in the tour, Liberations. 
for those two. Um, but Bruce, now it's the big one. Everyone's been wanting to know what our best ofs were, other than the tour in general. Like for you, what was the best show of twenty twenty one? This one was tough. There were a lot of good, solid shows. Um, you know, shows like Arkansas. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Deer Creek Night 2. I really enjoyed Gorge Night 1. And I think looking back on it, there's a lot of cool moments. I think that one has the most re-listen value out of the Gorge weekend. Um, but I think overall um, that uh, Tampa, Florida had the best um, show of the tour overall. Um, you know, it's just really hard to... It's really hard to beat with how solid uh, that show was. And it was unfortunately right after we saw two. And we saw two solid shows up there in North Carolina. Um, but this one just seemed so daggone good. I mean, you've got Billy's Raven Seek Up So Right to start. And then you've got a mid-set run of The Riff, JTR Jane, typical. Um, you've got Do You Remember in Gray Street right there. Then you've got Nancy's in the Warehouse um, and a pretty solid encore as well. I think that... You know, overall for me, and after listening back a little bit as well, this one was just so good, so so good. Um, Sweet Up and Down was actually also cut at that show, um, so it could have been an even better show on paper. But um, there were some really, really solid ones. I, you know, you could probably throw about five or six um, up on a board, throw a dart at it, and I'd be like, "Yep, that was the best show. Yep, that was the best show." And I think that's a sign of a solid tour. Um, when you've got a bunch of uh, shows that are competing for that top spot. But, Nolan, um, which one were any of those your number one? Uh, what did you go with? Yeah, my number one was Dead and Company in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. That second set was <laughs> unbelievable. Scarlet into Uncle John's band into Fire into Terrapin. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, my I believe my goodness. dad was at that show. He was, and uh, no, that was awesome. But for serious, um, it was an incredible show. Check it out, please, everyone. Um, <laughs> DMB shows, though, you know, that Raleigh show was very special um, and, yeah, really underrated. And so that's in my mix for sure. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Gorge Night 1 because that was like, it was so cool. Um, the way they started that Dave solo and Dave and Tim was just like, yo, what are they going to play the rest of the weekend? This is amazing. Yeah. And then doing buddy on drums randomly in the middle and buddy playing oh. piano and with no drums and doing some of those songs. I mean, if they would just, wouldn't so have, cool. they would have just not closed the set with sledgehammer. I think it would be easily the best show. Yeah. And I like that they played, um, some of the, uh, some devil songs that night too. That Play was too really high. Good. What are you doing? Oh no! Oh man, we could do a whole podcast about that one, which we Dodo. will one day. Mm. But um, I'll throw also throw in uh, Mahegan Night Two. I thought that show was stellar. And uh, in front of the podcast, Derek was there. Sent me a little video from it. Yes. Uh, so that was cool. But I'll just run through this one quickly and then we'll touch on it again later but 41st show of the tour and they open with 41 love it when they do stuff like that and then quickly so much to say bridge too much broken things second oh. and last time played on the tour buy you one sweet sweet 
Sledgehammer, Squirm, Sweet Up and Down, Space Between, Song the Jane Likes, So Damn Lucky, <laughs> a lot of S's there, what in the world, Wild, Dave, um, Rooftop, and then this <clears throat> this end run is Bananas, uh, oh. Grace is Gone, Typical, Don't Drink the Water, Into Ants to close the set, and then I'll Back You Up, Lie in Our Graves, Encore, I love Ooh. that, so... That man, one, that, that one one's is up good. there. Yeah, that man, one's up there for show. Yeah, that's up there. That that makes me want to to change my pick. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. That's a that's a really good one. I like that. I like that. Um, and shout out Derek for being able to go to that. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, yeah. Nolan. Well, best show. Um, we went with a, a couple of uh, East Coast shows there with a West Coast one uh, thrown in, kind of as an honorable mention or de facto. Um, 1A and 1B. Let's go to best song performance. Um, I think it was really tough for us to choose against um, a certain song, but I'm going to make the case for a couple of others. Um, Seek Ups, like we said, that's going to be the MVP. Obviously, I have a little bit of bias because we were at Charlotte. I think that one was great. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm also just going to randomly go for the Madman's Eyes debut. I thought that that was just absolutely killer. It was pretty awesome. Um, and, yeah. you know, to do a little intro, that uh, that Middle Eastern intro, almost making it sound like Last Stop and then playing it, it seemed like they pretty much nailed it. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if that was the best performance, but uh, it just kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, but, Nolan, I think that you've got the one that it's really hard for either of us to choose something else. Well, I really like that you said Madman's Eyes because that version was just like... So good. Wow. So good, especially for a debut. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, I think the song performance of the year has to be Dave's solo, You Never Know, uh, Gorge Night 3. I mean, just the full things on YouTube, Copper Pot, The Goat. Um, Man, there's not really anything I can say about it that... You just need to watch it and uh, see for yourself. It's it's one of the best things that Dave has done, I think, personally, in a very long time at least. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It really, really was. Um, and we knew it as we stood there and watched it, just how good it truly was. Dave did some cool stuff there. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I'm just not even going to make an argument against against that one. Uh, we won't do it. But our best guest performance, Nolan, and I think we were pretty unanimous on this one, and his friend of the podcast, Rustin Kelly, on his uh, debut um, with Dave on Halloween um, at the Gorge. Oh, wait. Dave chastised somebody screaming for Halloween at the Gorge, and Rustin wasn't invited. Um, that did not happen. Damn so, Nolan, what was your uh, favorite guest performance of the year? It would have been that if that had happened. We're sorry, Rustin. We tried. We lobbied for it. We love you. We yelled for it and then got yelled at for yelling for it. Uh, but best guest performance, uh, Bruce, I think it's got to be Tony Hall on The Maker, right? At the Gorge. It's tough. That one, that's really, really tough to say. No. Um, I think almost that entire weekend, just a lot of the guest performances, maybe but maybe Buddy Strong on drums as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it that maker count. is awesome. 
Tony Hall is awesome. That was really, really cool. And I think honorable mention for me, um, I would have to go with um, uh, Branford Marsalis. You calling his appearance in Raleigh. I thought mm-hmm. that that was really good. Obviously, he had a great uh, lover laid down there. Um, yeah. But, you know, for, for my money, I think I would go with Branford or Tony. And with Tony doing that entire weekend and doing all of the stuff that he had to do, I think you've got to give... Um, you know, the easy guest MVP, Mr. Tony Hall. We got to get him on the podcast just to see what that weekend was like for him. Oh, no, that would be great. That's a great idea. We'll, uh, we'll book that for 2022. Yeah. Well, Bruce, I think uh, we've kind of talked ad nauseum about our DMV experiences this year with our North Carolina opening shows and then the gorge and the craziness that happened there. Um <clears throat> Obviously, incredible experiences. Loved every minute of it, even if some of it didn't go as planned. But it was still awesome. And uh, we got to see each other after like two years of not. Or whatever it was. Long time. With a lot of babies in between and everything. Uh, But uh, let's get into the final month of the tour. um, Because I believe the last thing we talked about um, was the Riverbend Blossom Weekend. Um, in our last episode, so you know, going off of the gorge, and then they go make this um, little run through September, and then we'll start it up at Fiddler's Green the weekend of October eighth and 9th. And uh, the first thing that comes to mind from that Friday night show is "I'll Back You Up" shows up in that E one slot, and that is money. Oh yeah, this this show was just overall pretty solid. Um, Night one got a really solid show. I mean, when you throw Sweet Up and Down in there, you've got Sweet Up and Down Forty One, uh, the triplets there with so much too much, um, with so much bridge too much. Uh, Lover, so right. Uh, Nancy's Warehouse, Grace is gone, and then that I'll back you up is in there, which is pretty awesome. Fiddler's got a solid uh, night one. Uh, night two, I think, would probably take it uh, for yeah. me um, for that weekend. So pretty awesome weekend. You've got the forty opener. Um, Right there, with it was a partial, but then you've got Billy's um, Graves showed up again. Pig, um, you know the the rest of the set is a little bit iffy for me, but a, a great encore too. Yeah, uh, that encore was supposed to be Windows and Watchtower, but <laughs> Dave, this he said, "Nah, I'm gonna cut that for Two Step and Halloween." Good for you, Dave. That was a great call. Oh, great yeah. call. But, you know, a <clears throat> little, little bone to pick with Dave on this one. As oh. I mentioned getting chastised for yelling for Halloween at the Gorge. And the reason being because Dave had been in the desert for a few days. Um, I don't know. Playing Halloween in uh, Denver mile high doesn't quite add up <laughs> i know yeah that's rough i don't i don't know why he had to say that to the poor gentleman yelling for halloween but he did he did that was a that was rude dave hell's rude um yeah i don't know but whatever that was a cool encore for uh for denver for fiddlers there so that's awesome then they moseyed on over to albuquerque new mexico um home of the aliens and tim reynolds and they got a little red bird liberation which is pretty awesome 
um, had not been played in forever. I think 2015. I think Nolan's what you said. Um, yep. So it, you know, that that that's pretty cool. I think. I mean, Dave Solo. Rest of that show was kind of you know normal. I don't think anything really stood out uh, for for us there. But <laughs> Nolan, then they come all the way back over to Arkansas and. What happened? Oh, I just played a great show at the Walmart Center in Rogers, Arkansas. <laughs> and I mean, uh, mm. this show is just outrageous for uh, it's just such a random place to play. And I don't know, definitely had some envy of some of these songs that were played. I'm like, especially coming on, you know, this is about a month after the gorge. And as great of a time we had, it was like, man, we, you know, we didn't see some of like our favorite songs that we thought were shoe-ins for the gorge and would have been shoe-ins for Dave or Dave and Tim to play. Um, but they got played in Rogers, Arkansas. Ugh. Granny, typical, say goodbye, crash recently. So that's just wild to me. Um, I know. And they got it. And they got a JTR opener. I'm sure that was due to the, all the rain in the area. But, yeah. um, you know, they did not get an encore due to storm that was on its way. Um, but, man, they got a a crazy good show. We were, we were texting each other like, what? I know. What is happening? Why yeah. is this show better than Charlotte? Doesn't make any Charlotte sense. Charlotte always gets good shows for the most part, but not anymore. Now Arkansas gets them. Why? It's just ridiculous. I mean, a JTR crash into Warehouse um, and Hello Again and then Rapunzel right after that to start the show. It's like, <laughs> what? What year are we in again? Um, that was, I mean, that's awesome. And yeah, that's another one that's, man, that's that's a tough pill to swallow when you're like, yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Um, Rogers, Arkansas. But whatever, we need to leave that one in the past. It's only going to make us mad. Only going to make us mad. And true, um, true, but true. but good good for y'all, Arkansas. That was that was solid. Um, but they took a few weeks off, and then we headed into November, and they went on this mini fall ish run here. Um, they they headed indoors, and um, they went up to Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio gets another show for the year, so that's awesome for them. And they got a couple of liberations, Nolan. Yeah, they did. A couple of libs here in Ohio. Broken Things, first play since that Charlotte 2013 show that Bruce and I talk about all the time. So epic. Epic. Dive in. First play since 7-9-16 in Burgettstown. Wow. And then uh, they get the song debut of Madman's Eyes, and oh boy. We knew the song was coming at some point, but uh, I was not prepared for what I heard. Yeah, me neither. Um, you know, we kind of alluded to it earlier. It seemed like they did, were doing maybe an intro to something like a last stop or something. I mean, it has that vibe. It's that Middle Eastern vibe. And as, you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, DMB nails that Middle Eastern vibe. And Jeff's sax has something really nice um, to it every time he does something Middle Eastern. So that's awesome. But this was a pretty cool debut, Nolan, and I, I said that it was something that stood out to me as far as maybe even a performance for the year. But the the song itself was just so 
just seemingly out of left field, I guess, for some of the new songs they've debuted a lot lately and was really cool. Now, we, like you said, we kind of knew this song was existed and was coming. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that it was, it was well received by us and it seemed to be well received by the fan base as a whole too. It better be well received by everybody because this is the next monster song by DMB. I mean, this one is a beast and I love everything about it. I was just, I've liked all of the new songs and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But this one just was like, I was like, okay, this is, this song is Minaret's Last Stop and Squirm all like molded together to form like a super Middle Eastern DMB song and they nailed it. And uh, you're going to hear this entire version at some point, maybe now, maybe at the end of the show, we'll play you out with the full, the full version. How's that sound? I'm down for that. I like that. Um, Yeah. And it's a dark song. So, you know, it's got those darker lyrics and isn't, um, isn't the happy go lucky kind of stuff. And I like that. I, I like edgy Dave and that was this is an edgy song um, and that was pretty cool. So yeah, up in up in Columbus, Ohio, a couple of liberations and a debut, which is pretty cool, really, really awesome for them. Um, and you know, I'm kind of jealous of that. So good for you guys. Good for you guys, Ohio. Um, no, and then Ohio. they go over to, <laughs> then they go over to Michigan, Grand Rapids, and they did get a uh, they did get a tour debut actually. Um, this late in the tour as well, so mm. kept it going from Ohio. But this one was uh, again and again uh, slash Bob Law, um, so that's that's cool, I guess. Uh, nothing really else, I th- I don't think, to um, glean from that show up at the Van Adel Arena, Nolan. Mm. But then they went over back to Connecticut uh, to Mohegan Sun, uh, where one of these nights was your favorite show of the tour. But they had two pretty solid shows, I'd say. Yeah, great shows in Mohegan. Um, they actually had to move. Uh, the second show was moved from Wednesday night to Monday night. So Monday became night one. Tuesday became night two. And they did this so the band could play at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough on Wednesday night for the DraftKings CEO's wife's birthday. Um, this event was just a tent on the field. Uh we're told less than a thousand in attendance. At least that's what the almanac says. Uh, no Jeff Coffin due to his positive COVID test. Um, but I don't think the band announced that Jeff was positive for COVID until the day of MSG. Uh, I might be not remembering that right, but Jeff was not there. Um, and, uh, you know, this kind of messed up some fans' plans uh, for the Mohegan shows, Bruce. And that's... I don't know. DMB, I don't think, has ever done this before. Change a show for a CEO's birthday party. Um, not a great look for DMB here. And, uh, I mean, I get it. I'm sure they got paid a ton. Um, just really odd. Weird for the band to play three nights in a row, right before playing MSG, right before the finale of the tour. Played seven shows in nine days because of it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, well, rescheduling Mohegan like that is um, 
that's not very nice. Um, I no. there's there's no real excuse for that. I, you know, that's a little weird to me. And yeah, all of your points are very valid. All of those shows being played in a row, but to do it because you're gonna go um, play a seat, and I don't know the relationship with anybody with any of those people there could be somebody has a super good friendship and that's just there was no way they weren't doing it i don't know um but regardless that's not looking out for your fan base and to be honest with you that's who you're playing these shows for um and to switch around like that is just a little bit eh, um i'm a little iffy on that one nolan but um anyways you know i don't i don't know if we should spend too much time on that i think we can um, talk about the best of what's around opener uh, night one at Mohegan. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and Bruce, I'm going to jump in right here. Uh, we discovered that there was a little something different to this best of what's around. They changed the ending jam. And, I mean, this is unheard of. This is historic. Uh, this is crazy. And you're going to hear it right now. They play that, uh, that little part uh, musically. Um, between the chorus and the verse, that dun 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 dun, that part, uh, they just turned that into the jam. So you know that long-standing, um, kind of with that hey la, uh, uh, that kind of groove, not there anymore. The new boa outro. Let's listen to it. wonder what prompted them to change that after all these years i would love to know we're gonna do some digging on that one but bruce it's time to go on with the rest that was super fun and then a pretty cool encore of just some devil and warehouse now if you get a warehouse show closer i'm i'm digging i'm i'm in yeah no gotta love that um some devil in the e1 it's a perfect e1 song and I uh, love that encore, Dave changing it up. Really cool stuff there. And then night two, obviously, I talked about that. Um, it was one of my, if not the show of the tour. So, you know, if you had tickets to that Tuesday night show, that was good. <laughs> <'Cause> you, you, <laughs> yeah, good for you. You saw a really good one there. 
Um, but then they close up the tour at MSG Friday and Saturday, New York City. They announced Jeff has tested po- had tested positive for COVID, so he will not be performing. Ben the sax guy had to step in. I'll give Rashawn definitely some credit there. He was writing out some sheet music and stuff for uh, Ben the sax guy, which is cool. And obviously having to you know show him. I mean, lead him through every single song, mostly. I mean, what does Ben the Sax guy know too, too much, you know, about DMB music? So, um, you know, we, we definitely give him some uh, credit there for sure. Uh, that it cannot be easy. Um, and I'd love to hear Ben the Sax guy's, um, you know, his experience there. Because, you know, you get the call and get your ass up here. Um it had to be pretty cool for him just staying on stage at MSG with DMB. So that's pretty wild, Nolan. Um, I can't oh, imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. But I DMB know. having to put up with a third member testing positive for COVID. Can't imagine that either. Um, man. And these happened at the two biggest venues of the whole tour. I know. That's the crazy part. Can't make it up. You can't really make can't. it up. Oh, man. I, it's just... It's nuts. And, it's a uh, dumb pandemic. Shout out to Norlander and his college basketball podcast. Dumbest pandemic of I've ever seen. Oh, that's a no doubter. <laughs> this is number one as stupidest pandemic. God. They always talk about that on on uh, on their college basketball podcast. So I had to had to throw that in there, um, Norlander. If you're listening, I don't know. Um, anyways. Yeah, pretty solid show, I guess. I mean, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. But when you have, you know, some stuff like the best of what's around up early, crush early on, Nolan, and then you throw in a little Madman's eyes. What would you say, Lionheart? Graves, triplets, you get typical in there, and Nolan. How about that encore? Again, man, like a month later, two-step Halloween encore. I know. That's tasty. Um, that is what. MSG deserves. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. That was the first time Halloween has closed a show at MSG. No one would ever guess that stat. No one. You, you. Yeah. I can't believe it. I always think about the twelve ten oh five show. I know. And with the confetti coming down, I'm like, oh yeah, Halloween closed that show. Nope. No. Ants. I know. Crazy. Um, crazy. Crazy. But it is. It is crazy impressive that Ben the Sax guy was able to just step in and do that. And Rashawn helping him out along the way and uh, with the sheet music and everything. That was uh, it was cool. A lot of band members stepped up um, this tour to make sure the show went on. And super thankful for that. Absolutely. And that takes us to night two. And, uh, you know, Dumpster Funk tour opened closer. both of these shows. Yeah, tour closer night two. MSG, What a that's where you want to go out. You know, your name on the side of the building, on the billboards there, MSG, your picture. I mean, that's, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, And the band knows that. And uh, they've had some all-time great shows there. And uh, this this was another good one. Yeah, it was another solid one. Uh, Definitely not an all-timer for MSG standards. Started off very strong. Uh, Billy's, Nancy's in the warehouse, stay or leave. Um, up there um, in the early early going, you had a little Jane, uh, a little Grace is Gone song that Jane likes, Into Water, Into Wine, which was a tour debut right there in the middle of the set. So that's pretty awesome. Rest of the set, meh. Um, I would love that What You Are right there. That's that's great. 
um, and then a solid encore. Um, obviously, you're going to get a Christmas song. And then when you get uh, this next song, you're thinking that something is about to go down. And Nolan, this was just one of the things we were about yeah. for the tour and for the year. Um, half stop. Yeah, Christmas song, half stop, ants. Um, at least they went into ants after it. But yeah. This is the last stop. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. Eh. I mean, it's that's cool, but it's not what needs to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all that needs to be said about that. Yeah, I mean, it would have been awesome, obviously, to be there. We're going to lose our shit, and every everyone's going to love it. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's just like, ah, man, I, I want to see the full song, because the full song is just so awesome, um, and especially when it's the last show of the tour. But, you know, whatever. We, we want to see more of The Last Stop, so please keep playing it. Um, we will definitely, you know, say that. But uh, just would love for Half Stop not to be what we get um, for the rest of our DMB days. But... Uh, there it is. That's the end to your 2021 uh, summer slash fall tour, the mega tour, 39 shows there. You get a last stop into Ants Marching as your last two songs of the, of the year. Um, can't really complain there, Nolan. Um, but, you know, as we get out of 2021, you know, we don't have any DMB things going on at all. Uh, December here, it's been very quiet. Um, nothing going on, yep. no New Year's, nothing. Um, there's been no new stuff um popping up but we think new stuff will be popping up in 2022 meaning the new album that we kind of talked about throughout 2021 um and nolan we got a bunch of those songs um so let's talk about it just a little bit going into 2022 we think that a new album's coming you know what were the songs that we heard and you know what what do we expect from it uh if we do get this here in 2022 yeah i mean hopefully this spring we'll see these on a studio album, um, Walk Around the Moon, I think, is one of the stronger ones that we heard. Uh, great debut of it in Raleigh. It was awesome to see. Um, really liked the lyrics to that one. Dave still claims it's uh, the best song he's ever written. I think Madman's Eyes might have something even to say about that. Um, but that's just crazy. Anyways, um, Walk Around the Moon, Ocean and the Butterfly, Singing from the Windows, The Only Thing, Madman's Eyes. These are the ones that we have heard. We know of some others. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of cool that they uh, they played a few of these, this, this tour, to give us a little taste. Yes, um, exactly. And I think that... Uh... So the ones, some of the ones that we know about are you, you can dig and now find them online. They kind of surfaced over the last several weeks. We will hold off on saying them on just on here because it's not really necessarily our place, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're song names. What does it really matter? It doesn't tell you anything about the song, I guess. Um, but I, I guess we can say that the, the other two song names are actually pretty cool. Like they make the songs sound cool. Madman's Eyes was one of those at one point, and we were like, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. And it was. So if these other yeah. two, um, which I think both begin with the letter R, Nolan, if they are, if they are as cool as the names of their songs, then we're in for a treat. But Nolan, let's, let's circle back really quickly. I think we love Walk Around the Moon. Um, Ocean and the Butterfly, cool. I don't know if the band's on singing from the windows, so whatever. Um, mm. But the only thing, where, where did that one go? That was, that was such an odd thing. I wonder if they got know, negative that, feedback on it. Maybe, or maybe they were like, eh, maybe we need to tinker with something here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I thought it was, I thought it was good. There were some interesting parts to it. I thought the chorus was like classic Dave and uh, really good vocals by him. Really funky, weird, uh, dueling solos by Buddy and Tim um, that I did not like at first. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, that's him being an alien (laughs) yeah it is definitely kind of weird but um (laughs) tim alien yes my favorite yeah 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 but uh, the chorus is awesome that was that's a good call out oh thanks yeah i mean it disappeared only a handful of plays four plays over the summer um last one i think being in august maybe uh, I don't know. It, they were played kind of all in a row, and then it was gone. It was gone before the gorge. Uh, so yeah, it had to be in August. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And then Madman's Eyes, just what a damn beast, man! That song. I cannot wait to hear that song. Studio. Oh man! And then seeing them hopefully live this uh, summer. That yeah. would be incredible. And then you know hopefully there are let's see that's one two three four five songs hopefully there's at least seven more um that are going to be on the album Uh, yeah yeah i hope so i think i think that we heard 12 songs but you know this was also just right before the tour um it looked like that dmb has been in the studio um or has done yeah. some things post tour as well over the last month or two, so you you never know. You never know what's going to happen there. Um, They're probably working on that uh, Beatles cover for the new album. You don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. That would be awesome. But also, what's next? Hopefully, fingers crossed. Things are getting crazy. Mm. Um, but I think I. I would think that I'm hoping that this, um, you, you know, will still happen uh, because it's sold out. And that's going to be Dave and Tim at Riviera Maya there for three nights. Nolan, that's coming up here pretty soon, I believe. Um, and those that have tickets yep. to that, that will be pretty awesome. I think it's mid, late February. Um, and so anyone going to that, have fun. Um, hopefully it will still help happen. I have I have solid faith. I have um, a lot of optimism for you. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that will be cool. They always do a good job there. I mean, it would be cool to go at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be up there on our, our list of things to do um, in the DMB world. Looks like an awesome time at Riviera Maya. Uh, man, hopefully... They pull out some cool guests again, like they did last year in the past or the past couple years. I forget now. Whenever the last time they did it was, this pandemic has been going on so freaking long. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, after that, we'll start the uh, tour date speculation, and that's started a little bit. I think a few dates have potentially leaked. 
Yeah. Um, so that's always fun trying to plan out the summer. What are we going to try and do? You know, that's uh, that'll be coming up before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like they may be headed back to Texas. Um, it's a big state of Texas and maybe back to Camden, New Jersey again. Um, those are some of the ones off the top of my head that I remember leaking out there. So that will be cool. Um, we don't have any idea what shows that we'll be um, trying to go to next summer um, or whenever next year. But um, I think, you know, one that is always on Nolan's list and I'd love to go back is what, Nolan? Spack, Jack. Ah, Spack, Jack, we're back. Yeah, we, we would love to go Spack. I think that would be cool to do a, a Gray Street trip. Um, we've got to figure out something, and we will. Once those tour dates come out, we'll figure something out, I think. Um, but, yeah, Absolutely. we've been going on a very, very long time, Nolan, but we had to recap a very, very long year, very big year. Um, yeah. you know, big for the band. Welcome back. And, you know, it was good. We hadn't spoken in a while. Um, so it's been good to do this again. And hopefully here in short order in 2022, we can get some things in line, um, set up a few interviews, interesting conversations and see what we can do in the um, in the you know extended break now before other things start popping up here in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this one. We had a lot to catch up on and go over and, and a lot happened in this uh 2021 year of DMB and their return to the stage and uh, just want to thank everybody for going along with us uh, for the ride it was uh, bumpy at times but uh, pretty amazing Um, the fact that they were able to even do the tour and pull it off and fight through adversity and fight through COVID Um, you know just a big thank you to the band um Absolutely. Yeah. They did yeah, standing job. ovation really for the band. Honestly, oh, that yeah. was that was fantastic. And we're we're all very, very lucky fans. And you said it too. Thank you to everyone that was good to us. It was great to meet everybody this year. Hopefully we can continue to do that and meet more meet more people as we continue to go throughout. And thanks for all the support, everybody. Um, but most importantly, you know, thank you all for still uh, being there for the band and going out and being loud and proud at the shows and having a good time. Uh, there's just nothing like it. So uh, we will continue to let those good times roll, hopefully, in 2022, Nolan. Um, since you opened the show, I will go ahead and do the socials because you normally do it. And yeah. we're going we're gonna to switch these things off. So let's see if Bruce can remember the social media plugs. You can follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, um, or Instagram and Twitter at Gray Street Pod. Facebook, you can find us, uh, the corner of Gray Street Podcasts, and also posting on um, other little Facebook pages. We'll weave in and out of those sometimes. Um, but you can email us, please, graystreetpod at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us any, I mean, anything. Just you want to say what's up, just just slide on into our emails there um, and shoot us an email at any time. But yeah, follow us on social. Shoot us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Um, we love those, and we love to read your reviews as well. So any positive stuff, send them our way. We'd love to hear it. Um, if you have something negative to say, maybe email us instead of uh, instead of being the cowards that some of you are when you've posted <laughs> a one-star review. <laughs> uh, no, those are just fun to laugh at. Um, but yeah, so yeah, follow us, everybody, and we appreciate it. We love you guys. And uh, Nolan, get us out of here. Yeah, man, that's a wrap. It was great catching up. Great talking to you and uh, to everybody listening. We will see you in 2022 on the corner of Gray Street.
Hey music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy.